This is the Talent, Sales, and Scale Show. The, the piece that I see a lot in a sales conversation that doesn't go well, or when I'm not disciplined to follow that process, or when I screw up in a sales process, it's typically because I jump into solution brain too quickly. Yeah. Right. So somebody presents me with a problem and instead of saying, or then I would jump in with, oh, well, here's what I think you could do. So like, well, what I haven't done though, is help them to actually discover anything new. That's typically their rote response when somebody says, hey, what's not working or what's the challenge? They have a rote response to that. And it typically is the lagging indicator. It's typically the thing you can see like, hey, I've got upset employees or my employees are a pain in the butt to work with or whatever it is. It's like, well, that's an output. Like that's a back end thing. My job is to discover what's on the front end of that because this is the pain point. If I solve this, I know that this gets better, right? So the two most powerful questions you can ask in a sales conversation or the two most powerful things you can say are tell me more and what else, Yeah. right? Tell me more about that. Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. What else, what else, what else, right? And the more you do that, the more you get to the point where it's like the, the person that you're talking to is experiencing you um, as somebody who's serving them already because you're actually giving them the space to process and to think about the problem, right? So thinking about your Vistage group, what's the most important thing I could do in that space if I'm a salesperson or a facilitator? Tell me more and what else? What else? Just to give you the 30 minutes that you never have to process that issue to the point where you discovered four or five things, you're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about it like this. You're like, yeah. And now as the salesperson, I can say, and here are the three steps that you can take to go from where you are to where you want to go. And in a sales process, what a lot, what actually gets somebody to say yes to you is actually tension, right? So if I can say, here's where you are and here's where you want to go, the farther apart I can pull those two things, right? The greater distance I can create between those two things, the more likely you are to say yes to me in terms of my service or product. If I can prove that my service or product releases that tension for you, then you are more likely to act. Nobody says yes when they're fine. Like nobody's like, oh, I'm doing pretty good actually. You want my service? No, I'm good, right? Like nobody says yes when everything's fine. They say yes when they feel that tension or they feel that pain, right? So what causal mapping does is actually kind of pulls the beginning part of that story farther away from their happy ending but because it's comprehensive right it's not a one version and now i'm just punching hope and i hit something it's not just a couple pieces of information it's the whole story so before we don't jump into the how do we do causal mapping let's talk about um what whenever you're let's go to a tactical piece whenever you're saying what else um what else what else what else is open-ended and doesn't end up with a hook the hook would be if if you ask, hey, anything else, the hook is no. Just like whenever you walk into a furniture store, um, hey, can I help you? No, just looking. That's the hook. So what else is a really good tactical way of, of uncovering that a little bit more? And I like the idea of tension leads to action because the, the greater that tension, the greater that gestalt, the more that they realize through your questioning strategies that, oh, this person can actually help. So identifying the as is versus the to be and that to be over mm -hmm. time, that's really what we're talking about. So nothing new under the sun there. Um, the other question I had before we dive into the how do we do really this causal mapping is the leading and lagging indicators. Yeah. How well versed do we need to be in what their leading and lagging indicators should be? 
versus um, just dive right into it and and say, hey, these are the leading indicators or um, are they the same type of leading indicators everywhere? So I guess poorly asked question, how do we know the right leading indicators to look for? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it is definitely open to interpretation, right? So you might interpret something a little bit differently than I do. And that's the challenge of causal mapping, right? That's where experience comes into play. But typically the question I ask is which one comes first, right? So uh, sales, a, a sales process to me is a very kind of basic version of leading versus liking indicators, right? So again, most people talk about like contracts closed and revenue. It's like, well, those two things are lagging indicators. Like those come last. Leads, you know, initial conversations, proposals, those three things come first, right? So where, where are our initial contacts coming from? Am I following up with those initial contacts and am I having good conversations with them? And am I actually getting proposals out the door? Those three things are leading indicators. So if you think about it from an operations perspective or you think about it from, um, you know, a marketing perspective or whatever it might be, the question you're asking is like, well, which one led to which one, right? So I get that that's kind of like a, a process-oriented question. When you're looking at pain, it's a little bit different. It can be challenging. But typically I think about, well, what what's an output versus an input, right? So we've got really frustrated employees or our employees are behaving badly or whatever it might be. Like we've got a lot of tension from a cultural perspective. It's like, well, that's an output that things have to happen in order for that to take place. Or people will say, we we don't trust each other. Well, trust is a lagging indicator. Like there's work that takes place in order for trust to be something, right? So that's where the, which one of these comes first is important to understand that causal relationship. Yeah, and, and so just realize too, that sometimes your leading indicators can be lagging indicator for the one prior, right? So outreach is a leading yeah, yeah. indicator to conversations. Conversations is a leading indicator to meetings booked, but there, um, but a conversation is a lagging indicator to um, size of ICP list and connection rate, right? So yeah. you have Our, to know right. the story yeah. that it tells. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just I was just affirming what you were saying. Essentially, right? Like marketing is what leads to leads. Right. Like you have to fill the pipeline. So there's leading. So like if your leads are down, well, now I'm going to switch departments and I'm going to look over here and say what's happening over here. And so that gets then into what you said. Causal mapping is a little bit of relationship mapping, because whenever you're looking at sales overall, we've moved into a more of a marketing funnel. Right. One part sales, one part marketing, all parts. We need us to work together, even from a customer success um, driving revenue type of relationship. So that's where that relationship mapping comes into play of who does what part of this role. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, a lot of times in the small, you know, I, I work with a lot of small to mid-sized companies and where they often run into challenges is the, is the, is the transition from sales to operations, depending upon product service, whatever it is that they're doing, because a salesperson might say something, they might say, no, we can do that. We can get it done for in two weeks. And then the operations team's like, why would you say that? We can't do that in two weeks. And now we have this, now we have this relationship. But if we only looked at operations, we might say, hey, you're not doing this. You're not doing this. This isn't getting done. We have upset customers. It's like, well, but there was this thing that got said over here that set an expectation that we can't meet, right? So causal mapping, again, part of what makes it really powerful is you're looking at the whole system, right? So the story I like to, I, I like to attribute to this is from 
uh, an anecdote that came from David Foster Wallace. And he says, um, there's this old fish swimming in the water and he swims by these two younger fish and the old fish says, hey boys, how's the water? And the two younger fish say, water? What the hell is water? Right? It's this thing they've been swimming in this whole time, but they didn't know what it was, right? What causal mapping does is essentially says like, this is the water that you're swimming in. Now that you can see the whole story, now that you can see the whole picture, we have different choices about how we want to interact with it, right? Otherwise, if we can't see that water, then we just swim the way we've always swum, right? And we just kind of keep going along. But essentially, causal map is saying, this is the water that you're swimming in. Now that you know it, how do we want to change the way we interact with it to create a different experience?